Welcome to the Book Club Haters Book Club. A podcast where we discuss the books we love and otherwise. I'm Noor. And I'm Pia. Oh, um, how has your reading been the past? Uh-huh. Wait, did we last record this last month? We did. Oh, we did. Oh, good on us. Um, the last month. Okay, so um, surprisingly, I've read a lot of books the past month because I'm in lockdown. <laughs> oh, we are also in lockdown. <laughs> I know. I know you guys are in lockdown. I'm in lockdown. We're in lockdown together. <sighs> together, but apart. So oh, far. It's, it's basically the same. Uh. <laughs> no, I, I, we went into lockdown around the same time you guys did. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so I finished Superior by Angela Saini. It was really good, but I don't remember much from it because it felt like ages ago. Um, another wow. book I read. Um, I read. I talked about it last month. Last month about it's the the book about the return of race science. Oh, oh, this one. Yeah, okay, okay, I remember. Yeah, yeah. It is really good. I do highly recommend it. And she's basically looking into how so race science science that studies whether race makes a difference or not was becoming very unpopular after world war ii because of what happened with nazi germany but now it's having a return mostly because white supremacy and a lot of people think it's now safe to go back to studying those things but they're also kind of uh disguising it as not race science but more about diversity study so yeah it's interesting especially with the rise of white supremacy in a lot of western countries now Mm. um so another book i read is everything here is beautiful it's a novel it's been a while um it's by mira t lee so it's a book about two sisters um one of them is has schizophrenia Mm -hmm. and the sister with the schizo is called lucia and we basically follow her story about how she deals with it, about how she eventually dealt with her schizophrenia as well as being a mother. And um, overall, I think the book is really good. It's quite readable. Um, It's highly intense in some parts. But coming out of reading that book, I realized that I read a lot of books about women and mental illnesses. But I don't necessarily have read a lot, or any actually, I can't remember any at the top of my head, a lot of books about men with uh, mental illnesses and how they deal with it, especially in relation to things like the relationship they have as fathers, for instance, or as um, husbands. Hmm. You know what, that's that's kind of true for me as well, where like a lot mm. of yeah. these, a lot of the books that I read are more centered on women's mental illness and mm. it, it seems like because women are are seen as kind of uh traditionally kind of emotional and all that stuff so maybe mm-hmm. it feels like it's easier maybe to write about these things in a way that yeah how they kind of deal with it but for especially like if if it's in the motherhood uh, context yeah. it's always like postpartum mm-hmm. and obviously that that is a huge thing mm-hmm. but for men it's not really discussed as much yeah no i mean i guess this is something i would like to seek more of in terms of men and mental illnesses because 
uh, we've discussed this many, many times before. When it comes to men and mental illnesses, it's always about um, crime and... Well, I can't remember what we were talking about this, like crime podcasts and stuff like that and the fascination around crime podcasts and men who carry out those crimes. Yeah. Um, but I would be very interested in reading how men deal with going into fatherhood because I feel like I read a lot of stuff, like just internet um, tweets and stuff like that about men going to fatherhood and thinking, yeah, this is a beautiful thing, etc. But we don't hear it in the context of how women have to deal with postpartum depression and um, whether men have to deal with anything like that, a reckoning to their single um, or childless life. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I don't know any books actually that would that actually yeah fit that kind of, like what mm. you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that interesting though? I mean, but also it could also be because I follow a lot of Instagram accounts or Twitter accounts that are mostly revolving around what women read as opposed to what men read so i don't know what the solution to that is Same. i also don't know is that I your second reading... book or is that the third yeah. book that I okay so that's the second book oh, okay. uh, and i read our our um uh, book club obviously and currently i'm reading a book called amateur uh which is such a fucking great book um that it's familiar, called um is it okay okay so the book is called amateur it's by um oh sorry my my computer just went crazy for a bit okay so it's called amateur a reckoning with gender identity and masculinity by thomas page mcbee so thomas page mcbee is a trans man who is a journalist and decided that he is going to train to fight in a charity match at madison square garden a boxing match and also he does it as a way to um understand and untangle his relationship between masculinity and violence it's so fucking good (laughs) it's so good um it's so interesting because um a lot of the people that he trained with who didn't know that he's a trans person um were using words that are very gendered to encourage him like saying that oh he has balls like that tommy got balls uh, and um yeah, like a lot of these very gendered masculine words to describe him. But he's like, I don't feel like that yet necessarily because he's somewhat newly transitioned. And it was very interesting for him to toughen up to um, take up that gendered role. And he's also a really fucking amazing writer. Uh, so that it's it's such a joy to read. Um I guess I don't know if a joy to read is the right word for it, but it's just, it's a great read and it's, okay. it moves pretty fast. Yeah. I only started this last night, a few nights ago, and I'm already around 50% in because he's such a great writer. That. I think honestly, um, it is autobiographical, but mm. it's not boring. Mm. I like that. I like that. I fucking yeah. hate autobiographies, but yeah. if it's interesting, mm-hmm. like, truly then i'd go for it i may it is really interesting like go i may get the audiobook yeah or if you want to read from my kobo you're welcome to um 
but yeah, I was kind of, because I remember, um, listening, hearing about this book in a podcast that he did, um, I think like a year ago and thinking, it sounds like a very interesting fella, but it's also a very interesting, um, look into how he moves from what was expected of him as previously a woman to now a trans man. And I remember in the podcast, he was saying that when he was a woman, he wouldn't be disrespectful of women and stuff like that. But once he transitioned, there was this one moment where I think he was either checking a woman out or there was something very masculine in how he was looking at a woman. And he had to step back and think, okay, maybe part of this is the biology of hormones. Um, because maybe it's not just conditioning because he's conditioned for a really long time as a woman to not treat women that way. And then suddenly he's having all these thoughts that are inappropriate when it comes to looking at women. So he's like, maybe hormones do play a part in some ways. So it was a lot of, um, trying to reconcile with, um, going into masculinity while also, uh, making sure that he's respectful and he's yeah I, I don't know what else to say about it but it's just really good mm, it sounds really good I'm really interested it's interesting yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's my book so far I like how you I think like it's been a while since you really I know talked like about your books <laughs> I know I know I have a lot of time now. <laughs> yeah. I it's, So I know I you're reading a lot. Um, I know I read a lot, but <laughs> it's, it's like one of those things where I'm just like reading, 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 reading and not like actually, it's basically a way for me to kind of soothe myself, but not like, I don't really think about it that much. Um, yeah. But recently I've been like uh, veering towards uh, very funny ones like rom-coms basically mm. and mm-hmm. i like historical historical rom-coms like regency historical rom-coms by tessa dare basically i've just been binging her backlist which is her, the list of uh whatever she's wrote and all of them are so funny and ridiculous and i'm really they make me so happy um Aww. it's like stuff where you know like this super silly situations but like they happen in a regency historical context and it's like ridiculous and so fun uh, my favorite one is probably uh hold on i'm trying to find it um great i don't know which one it was but anyway <laughs> i'll try to find it <laughs> but it was this one where she, the the heroine becomes a governess to this uh, lord person um and his mm-hmm. two wards like twin wards but the wards they're like kind of they feel they have like abandonment issues basically and like they kind of showcase that through really odd ways where like every morning um the the hero wakes up and the twins's doll is brutally murdered somewhat some way so, so every morning, um, she, he's like after he's a he's a rake, which is like where, uh, can we say like uh, the, the historical version of a fuckboy? Ooh. Yeah. So every morning they wake him up when he's like um, hungover as hell. So they make him give a eulogy every single morning <laughs> to this dead doll. Like some, uh, the doll would be dead from like 
diseases or she'd be dead by murder or she just like committed suicide it's like it's it's so funny this sounds very interesting to me why i i don't know i mean for some reason i feel like i want to read it okay i'll find it for you it's it's funny okay. and it's really silly and it's just like it makes me uh. so happy to read like these kinds of things ah <sighs> But yeah, um, oh. I've been reading a lot of Tessa Dare. Recently, a book that I have... I haven't finished it, but I'm, I'm still reading it. This book called um, Her Soul to Take. I read it. I started reading it because it was about a demon. Um, a demon and a, and a mortal girl, of course. And then I was like, come on, give me, give, give me this like weird thing, you know, like... I wanted something a little out of this world, a little fantastical. And, oh my god, it's so weird! <laughs> no, do you like it though? Is it good weird? It's so... white. Okay, so the, the heroine... Um. <laughs> it's so white. So the, so the heroine is a, is a ghost hunting vlogger. You know, those like on YouTube and stuff? <laughs> yeah. So she... Her hobby is like that, and she wants to make it into like her full-time job. Yeah. So she's in college okay. at the moment, in university, whatever. Um, this is set in America. And then like uh, she, finds, she, she finds a book, a grimoire, which is like a witch book of spells. And then uh, inside the book is a spell to summon a demon. The way mm-hmm. I know that she is white as hell is that she looked at this and she said, ooh, I can use this for my vlog. Oh, lordy, of course. She of went... Of course. I know, right? She For the views, she went to an abandoned church where it was rumored there was like a, a deadly cult um, that was... Uh, that was... Uh, what's Manyamba in English? Mm. Praying to? Okay, sure. It, that prays to, like, the deadly god. Oh. And, like... <clears throat> so she went there to this abandoned church. Um, and then she, she, she did it. She did the, the spell thing on, with chalk on the, on the floor for the views again. And mm-hmm. then she summoned a demon. Who is, by the way, called a killer. And I'm just like... Hi, can you spell that? So can you spell that? How do you spell that? A killer, isn't it? K-I-L-L. Like, the English version is like, ah. the killer. The killer. Mm. And I'm just like, can't be, I don't know, uh, can't be a person of color. Yeah. Won't be me. Uh, but did you have fun reading it? Sure, sure. It was so yeah. silly. I guess, not silly in the way. It's kind of, it's also... I know what the, you mean. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. At the same mm. time, it's also like, uh, it... Is it's like a almost like a BDSM, but it's not meant to mm. be representative of what a BDSM relationship is of supposed to look not. like. So much it's it's kind of like a, a I would say it's like a, a like a dark romance where it's not supposed to happen, but it is like it's fantasy. So yeah, it, there's a it fulfills some part of that fantasy without actually harming anyone. Fascinating. So that's the way it is. It's really Listen. interesting because I was like, the weird anatomical differences. And I'm like, mm. oh, this is weird, but okay. 
But also, we live in a weird time right now. Why Why not? Just why read whatever not? you want. <laughs> sure. Who the fuck, fuck cares? Just cares? read whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> if that's your kink, that's your kink. What am I supposed to say about it? Exactly. No, if I'm like, you really... like pain, then you like pain. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was like, actually like, thinking, like, I kind of, I'm interested in, like, if there is such a thing, mm-hmm. an adult gin romance book. And I feel then... like that would hit the the cultural side, like my my like our culture, mm. the fantasy of our culture, very well. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see that, and I'm I think I'm on the hunt for it, but I don't think I'll find I, it. You know what I want, though. What? I want you to develop a plot line, and then I want you to tell me in private what it is. <laughs> I do love you... doing that. <laughs> You don't have to write the book. You can just tell me what it is, and then I can argue with you your case. Okay, okay. yes, I can do that. <laughs> I'm very into it. Not, I'm not it. Sorry, not it. But like the, but I'm the, very in- the idea of the plot of it. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what um, I always look for. Like I'm, I'm into this, but not the reality of this. Of course the, not. The the fantasy the. The idea mm. of it, you know, just like, I wouldn't want it in my life. No, I want yeah. to see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that just goes to show you have a fascination with the human condition and humankind. And that's a pretty good thing, even if they are, albeit a, a bit strange to you. Of course. I think like in, in a way, like I was actually um, listening to some podcasts and one of them, again, I, I was, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, but surprisingly, because I just keep like... I don't look at the, the screen because, like, I'm, I'm cleaning or whatever. So I don't mm. know what podcast it is. Or, like, I do, but I don't right. remember it. Or, like, I don't remember what episode it is or what actually we're talking about. But yeah. basically, like, one of, the, um, one of the podcasts that I was listening to was talking about, like, how, like, how uh, romance readers, they kind of veer towards this kind of genre where it's kind of, like, an exploration of, of like, a relationship between an immortal and a mortal and it like makes you think of your own humanity and what it means to kind of be human mm. and it's really true mm-hmm. because like it's in the sense that like how odd it is for a human to have a relationship with like a non-human and it makes you also think like the differences between that and like how human and human relationships kind of operate yeah that is interesting I mean, it's not something I think about, <laughs> but I like hearing this from you. I like learning new things from you. Oh, thank you. I'm so flattered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. If I never told you that, then oh, I'm a terrible best friend, but I do like <laughs> learning stuff from you. <laughs> okay. I'm glad. Yeah. But basically, like, all of the, all of my reading the past months have been focused on kind of that, like escape and funny stuff nothing heavy um yeah do you want to talk about uh, helen huang for a bit yeah let's move on to our um what is it what's that section called book talk i thought it was already book talk but <laughs> is it book talk i don't know what what the fuck it, i think it was question time honestly but we don't have a question we're not gonna do a, question time because do question i time. No, um, I'm in lockdown. I'll give you a break. Um, Thanks. What was the other? What was the other? I think it was oh. book talk. It was like this is the beginning, and then like the, it's book mm. talk, and then our book club. 
Okay. Okay. Let's move on to book talk, if that's what it's called. <laughs> New segment, everybody. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So welcome to book talk. Maybe that's what it's called. There's a caveat. There's an asterisk there. <laughs> so um, there's this book that... No, sorry, there's this book. Okay, dear. Um, there's this author <laughs> that we read. Um, her name was Helen Huang. I'm sure we've mentioned her books in this podcast several times in the past. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long we've done this. And she released a new book. It is called... The Heart Principle. And it is the third book out of the Kiss Quotient. And the last book, right? Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah. And um, we were going to read this for our book club next month until Nora came across some of the reviews. And we were very excited about this book. But please, Noor, explain why we're not going to do that for our book club anymore. Okay, so we were really excited for this book because we love Quan, because he's so funny. Out of the three, the, the three cousins, they're just, they're just. He's the funny one. He's like the lighthearted one, and he's the one that they go to for kind of like support, right? Moral support, and it's really advice nice. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like in the first book, um, what's his name? What's his name? Michael. Michael. I think it's Michael. Michael yes. went to him because you know. Um, for his business idea and like now Quan is a is a business partner so like that's really interesting because like he runs a dojo he does like a he he's a business partner partner for a fashion brand and he's mm-hmm. super funny isn't he's like the he's a perfect he's hero. like the dream man yeah he's the perfect hero like you, I can just imagine him just like sweeping off someone's feet and just like mm. falling in love with him without him even fucking trying but he should try but and the trying is fun, right? Like, the idea of him trying is, like, super fun. Yeah. And then, but also, like, his character was written in a very charming way. He's very funny, and yeah, he so he has a lot of emotional intelligence in the books previously. Yeah, and he, you, we know that he's very caring because he takes care of his brother, and, like, he's, like, you know, yeah, he boy. gives his brother advice and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Ah, so nice. And then... I, um, so nice, so nice. And then I came. You stand Quan. I stand Quan so much, so so you hard. Um, mm. And then I came across this tweet by this um, book reviewer, and like she was talking about like a review and um, of, of the book because it just released or it just it was about to release. And obviously, mm. like reviewers, they get the early copies, right? Mm. So um, this review was talking about. Actually, I've, I read... Uh, this is the first review that I read. La. The, this review was talking about how um, they had similar expectations of this book, similar to ours, um, especially because the publisher, they marketed as like something as in line with the same tone as the previous mm-hmm. two books, as like rom-coms. They're super funny, yeah. lighthearted, you know, like nothing too serious, but it is obviously... Like, it's still d- dealt with serious things but not in a way that would like bring you down so much you know mm-hmm. so but then when they came into the book and also like the cover itself suggested something lighthearted. So. yes because it's very book, vibrant color yeah vibrant colors and like 
um, so when when they finally got into the book, it was actually like the first third of the book was um, Juan and Anna, the heroine, and there it was like a nice. It was the same tone as the previous two books, but as the book went on, it kind of like stopped because um, basically like um because of the some some trouble lah basically for the heroine for Anna, and it the tone of it was just so not what I and or we are looking for at the moment that I don't <coughs> think we should read it at this time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, the bigger thing that we both discussed uh, when you were texting me about you don't want to read this book for the book club anymore is how you were kind of disappointed with um, the your headcanon, which is what you imagine Quan deserve, for instance, is like if that's even the word for it, um, in comparison to how the reality, uh, the reality of it, correct, yeah. yeah. Um, but mm. the thing is that Quan actually, hit, my head canon for Quan is that he is charming and he deserves someone to love him, you know, just like fully and mm. immediately, you know, and just like see him for for the amazing person that he is, and to see him like in that book, not be treated that way, it seems like a disservice mm. to his character. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. And yeah. aku, like, I'm, I think aku, I'm like, menyamal. Yeah, you sound like it. Yeah, okay, I'm like so menyamal right now. Like, uh, until, mm. I don't know, when I have the headspace for it. I do think I'm going to read it, but not anytime soon. But I think it's also the disappointment of, you had these two books. They're, okay, fine. They're not like amazing books, but we really enjoyed them in that they they were really fun books and they were sexy and they were good well written and they explored a lot of stuff about disability etc and then you come to this third book and you have the same expectation as high as you did the second book after the first book came out and then it just doesn't have the same tone and I know that the author is allowed to do that but I think what was disappointing about this was that they marketed it at first when we first knew about this book and when we know about Quan's character being someone who's funny and being gentle to um having this book not be a romantic comedy really kind of threw off the whole uh, three books as a collection. Right? It just doesn't mesh because like it's supposed to have mm. a theme. Okay, yes, of course not. Like the three cousins they're they are the heroes of the of the series, but they are also mm. like part of a series. Like they should mm. have mm. the same tone or like a similar tone throughout. Yes. Mm. because i guess you read more of books that have follow-ups and sequels and prequels etc and more often than not they have the same tone because now that i'm thinking about the david but series and it would be really strange if the third book was a comedy right it has to <laughs> it has to culminate into like you know like it has like a like the, the tension has to either rise or like stay stay the same throughout the the, the series mm. but this one if it's like too much tension then it's like you know mm-hmm. it's off it's, it shouldn't yeah. be a, it shouldn't be a part of the series just because they're the same family mm. yeah 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 correct no i see what you mean i see what you mean yeah um well, we were talking about this before we were recording about how oh right because i was reading the 
the plot mm. to the book and how I also felt very uncomfortable with the plot because um, she, the heroine wanted to have an open relationship and then Quant was meant, uh, and Quant didn't really, but he decided to wait out for it. And I was telling you how that in itself is a very toxic trait in a relationship. Um, and I guess as somebody who doesn't read romance, for me, that's just, uh, I don't think that's something that I want to read. I would find that very frustrating because I know that that's not what relationships are meant to be like. Yes, I mean, of course. Uh, and like, I understand. And no one should read what they don't want to read. Um, yeah. It's, it's that I think because it's not an indicator, like, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Um, just because in the beginning they said no, that doesn't mean like throughout the book they won't um, discuss it or like mm. come to some sort of conclusion. But like, because in the end they will have to have a happy ending, happily ever after, with them both together mm. and satisfied with their relationship. Because mm. if they are not satisfied with their relationship in the end, it's, it's not a romance. Um, yeah, I suppose. Mm. but the reviews that I have read there are some good reviews and there are some like the reviews that are like mm. as in good reviews as in they review the book as great throughout then there are criti- more critical reviews where they say like mm-hmm. the the relationship it started off on the wrong foot which you know which happens sometimes mm. but it doesn't get on the most right foot I guess in the mm-hmm. end, like it's not as satisfying when they get together. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. So, for me, like I, I need to be like in a headspace where I'm fine with that. But yeah. I don't think I, yeah, yeah. I will be anytime soon. I got you, girl. Um, but also, I think, especially since we're in lockdown and things might seem a bit grim and we're coming to terms with the reality and being okay with it maybe this kind of book is not something that you want to read especially since you are separated from your partner oh very much so uh yeah yeah. so yeah i think like i want to read i want to continue reading like the fun books the weird books the the Mm -hmm. ones that i don't really have to think about too much and like i read that this book deals with a lot of trauma and like mm. on page trauma not like you know in the past and like discussing it in and you know dealing with it in the present but like on page present trauma and i, oh, ain't, I ain't about that shit <laughs> no i wouldn't i don't yeah i don't think i will want to deal with that that much either so we are in agreement that we will not be reading this for our book club but we may read it like mm. i mean i may read it sometime in the future you probably will i don't know I think I'll my I might just like I definitely think Helen Huang is a good writer, um, but I don't know if I would be in a mood for something like that because I know that if I want to read romance, it has to be funny and deep in some ways, and mm. just a lot of I much prefer to read just some fun romance rather than just romance for the sake of romance. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I guess this discussion is more about how. We ex- our expectation has not been met. Yes, 
And obviously, like, I yeah. don't think that she, the he- Helen Huang, can write whatever she wants. You know, it's her damn book. Yeah. It's, it's, I think, like, I'm more pleased with the publisher for marketing it as what it is. Yeah. It, I mean, it the, onus is, the onus is not just on her. She's allowed to change her mind. But mm. there's also should have been a negotiation between her and the publisher, not only in terms of marketing, but also what they expect from her. Mm. So true. Yeah. Oh, well. C'est la vie. Okay, so that's our book talk. Let's move on to our favorite subject. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Welcome to our book club. We didn't announce what this month's book was because we did that as in a private conversation instead. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Oh, you don't have to apologize to anyone. (laughs) What if they want to read as well? <laughs> nah, do you? <laughs> Please leave us a comment somewhere, anywhere. <laughs> um, so our book for this month is was Pleasure Activism, The Politics of Feeling Good by Adrienne Marie Brown. And it is a book about social justice um, and um, trying to have the most pleasurable human experience. And we had a lot of expectations. Well, we did, I didn't really have a lot of expectations for the, this book. I had what I had. Um, but basically what happened was Noor wanted a book that was similar to The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor, which is one of the books that we read earlier on in our book club. And she picked this out of several options that I gave. And we have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> okay, let me I, just I like want to know what your clarify. thoughts are. Okay. I picked this from, because I read uh, nonfiction through audiobooks, right? I cannot mm. read text. I don't know. I hate it. Um, so I, I listened to the sample of this. And mm-hmm. it was interesting because it was about like, the sample talked about how pleasure is hoarded by a select group of people and i'm like okay sure yeah you know, i want to i want to i want to listen more about this i want to know about this and why and how we can oh um, that incorporate pleasure into our lives in a way that is yeah. um for activism right and like you know that that hooked that hooked me in that reeled me in so i was like yeah i want to read about this and mm. then and then i and then you listened. And then I listened. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. It's a very peculiar book, but I'm reading. I'm looking at the good read reviews right now. It is rated pretty well. It's like four stars, and I think maybe it's peculiar for us because we expect a very a certain type of writing with a certain type of describing and learning. But for me anyway, and the thing is I notice a lot of the subjects in this book, even for me as somebody who knows the topic, I found it to be a bit strange. <laughs> Not in a unusual way, but more in the, what am I getting out of this way? Mm. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly mm. how I feel. Like, what? What am I? Like, what am I gaining from this? Okay, so like, I wanted something mm. from um, that is similar to Sonia Renee Taylor's um, "The Body's on Apology" because like that one, mm. each paragraph, each sentence brought me something. Uh, like, brought me closer to what she was trying to tell me. 
like the full concept of what she is trying to mm. teach, right? And yes. I thought this would be similar to that because that's what I'm looking for. But yeah. no, <laughs> that was not what I got. Can I point out something interesting that I'm noticing right now as I'm looking through the Goodreads review? Yeah. Um, I'm looking at people who are giving it low stars. So I'm just on the first page of Goodreads review for this book. And I'm noticing people who give it low low star um, are are white women, <laughs> for the lack of better words. Whereas those giving it like four stars, five stars are white women, but also a lot of people of color. And I think that's really interesting. And it makes me want to confront myself in how I expect a book to be. Because it, it may not be our, a book for us. But we're women of color. Yeah, but we are not black women, so. Interesting. That's a good point. Yeah. But also, for me anyway, what I find really interesting about this book was that there was just a lot of... I'm I'm someone who's happy to learn, who who's happy to be educated and stuff like that. But I don't think there was anything in this book that I didn't know. And I was really hoping to learn more from it. And I think the writing is very scattered. It's very unorganized. And there's not a lot of deeper learning other than this book can be written in one paragraph kind of thing for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, I don't know why, but um, I was, I, I, I haven't, I haven't finished a book and I don't plan on finishing. Um, it's fine. Yeah, I know. Do what you gotta do. Uh, so I was looking through the, because it's an anthology, right? Which mm. means like I can actually kind of skip chapters right but every i was looking at it and like lots of it the majority of it actually is centered Mm. on sex Mm. and i am or at least at the Mm. moment i guess like i was kind of disappointed because i yes i guess sex sex does bring pleasure but what about food though (laughs) like it's interesting that you say that because i disagree okay I don't think the book is just about sex. Um, there, are, no, I don't uh, think there it's are just about sex. It's a it lot about sex. You're not right. About sex. Um, there are a lot of um, bits that are about. She didn't mention about food, but I feel like I feel like she could have delved more into that. And basically, the overlying message of this book is: whatever you do, just do because you really, really like it. Whatever work you do, etc., it has to bring you pleasure in one form or another. Um, because liking what you like is the best kind of activism because we live in societies where things that you like might be chastised. Um, And yes, there are a lot about sex because there's a lot of stuff like... um, One thing she mentioned about sex, which I found was really interesting, was don't get into sex until you understand your body, until you know what you like and what you don't like. And then you go into sex you know whatever sex spree or whatever maybe i'm being dismissive i am um but she also had a whole section about drugs Mm. uh which i thought was really interesting i think like i definitely learned a lot from that one um but even the sex i feel like it wasn't very fully fledged i think maybe it's just not really it's not written in the way i want it to be written we talked about this um, off pod where we were like mm. talking about how we want a book 
to to be written in a way that like in a, a book how to be structured because mm-hmm. there has to be like you know a context how they yes. tell us what it's supposed to be what this book is going to mm-hmm. be and then they kind of oh, flesh out that that concept in a way in a structured mm-hmm. way <laughs> so yeah. we can get by the end we are like yes i understand now what this book is yeah trying to tell uh, me. Uh, that's what nonfiction should be anyway, but that's the traditional description of what nonfiction should be. Yes. Hmm. So maybe this book is not for us. For but okay, I did point out to you that this book, a lot, okay, first of all, they're really, really, really short essays for most of it. And there are also a lot of interviews. The interviews, to be honest, I don't really care for because I don't really like reading interviews. I much prefer to just watch a video or whatever or listen to a podcast when it comes to interviews. And even the interviews, I feel like there were questions that she's interested in, but not necessarily the audience would be interested in. Not for me anyway. Um, so a lot of the book is our short essays. And the thing about short essays, her short essays, is that a lot of them have been published online before. And I mentioned this to you privately that I think why this book doesn't work for me is because they it it's a collection of essays that she's published online. And it made me realize that online writing and writing in a book should absolutely be different. And part of it is because I feel like books are more investment and therefore they should have more fully fledged out, um, fleshed out ideas because it also made me realize while I was like just this morning, I was thinking about if, we had published a book for Sanke Alliance that's nonfiction. I would not take anything from the website and publish it. I'd probably ask the writer to flesh it out more. Yeah, because like um, I don't know. If, I don't know if like you'll you'll agree to like put this in, into the final final recording. But um, remember when we were talking about like writing an anthology or like. Mm-hmm. Uh, publishing an, an anthology under Song mm-hmm. Alliance, and we did not want like uh, the articles that were already published online because, like, we needed no. something a bit more, bit more basically, like yeah. more context, more, more discussion, more analysis, like something that is mm-hmm. truly riveting because it is something that people pay sometimes a lot of money for. You know, like you're right, yeah, yeah. And this this book, um, I got it from Audible. I had a free month, so I got that for free, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I didn't have that that membership, I would mm-hmm. have been paying like um, twenty dollars for it. A bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of money. It's just yeah. If someone is paying that much money, they should be getting what their money is worth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the writing was very simplistic. That's what it is for me, and. Again, seeing how it is well-reviewed, I do stand by the idea that maybe the book isn't just for me. And, I mean, go off if you really like it. Good for you. But it just... I read the whole thing, except the last interview bits, because I skipped them. Because, again, I'm just not into reading interviews. And I powered through it for most of it. and But there was nothing about that that grabbed me the way... The body is not an apology, or I don't know. There's so I've read so many nonfictions and so many books that are similar to this, but I've never felt 
lost <laughs> reading this. <laughs> I mean, I get the idea. It's one of those things where I'm like, I get the idea of what you're trying to do. And I get the underlying message of this. But I feel like it could be delved deeper. Even the interviews, I feel like, could be delved deeper. Um, and it's... I wasn't. I just wasn't learning a lot from it. It's kind of. I guess in a way, it's kind of like. Oh God, this is a. It might be an insulting comparison. It's like people reading poetry by Rupi Kaur and going like, "Oh, amazing." Whereas I'm like, <laughs> uh, "Okay," <laughs> kind of like that. And I'm glad this book has been transformational for some people, but it just isn't transformational for me because again, I follow a lot of incredible activists on Instagram. And I feel like I learned way more from them than this book has taught me. And I know that being liking what you like is a great form of activism and a great form of respect for yourself. But I want more. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. So for me, my mm. issue with the audiobook is that um, mm. it was so distracting. I could not, like, really... You know, when someone is talking, you don't want, like... Mm. An, you don't want to hear an aside every every few sentences you know you just want mm. like, the whole thing to get out and then at the end you're like oh actually like after like think about it like here's like what i think about it you know like something else mm-hmm. but this one is like two sentences or three sentences they're like uh, she says footnote da, 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 and footnote and then she continues in the same tone but like i'm already jarred from that from that paragraph mm. i can I'm see like, how that's confusing yeah yeah, how do I kind of get back into it when I've already, like, mm. my mind is being put in another place already? Yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. It was really frustrating. Yeah. Like, I okay. think, like, I, I skipped to the end, one of the end chapters, which was the mm. interview that you skipped, actually. And, like, um, the first one was, um, this was an interview with my friends, da 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 and then she starts describing the interview, so she's like, mm-hmm. uh, me. Um, how did you become like woes or something like that? And then he said, footnote, mm. woes is na 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 I'm like, what the fuck? Mm. And then she just kept adding like footnote, footnote, footnote. And I'm like, why? This is oh, horrible. God. That is confusing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think that's her fault. That's probably <laughs> the people doing audiobook not teaching her how to do it properly. Um, I don't blame her for that. But I also remember talking to you about this, that I feel like this book is a book written for her friends. And I just don't feel like I'm included in that friend group. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it too, because like it's kind of like th- those things that are like really useless um, anecdotes that you're like, how does this bring value to what you're saying actually? Because mm. the yeah. book is supposed to be yeah. concise. It's fleshed out. But it's also concise in a way that like mm. you get to the damn point. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, um, maybe for me the the book is too much rah rah and. Again, I'm not I'm not a rah rah kind of person. Maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe we're not. But also, maybe it's just not for me, mm-hmm. and not for you. And I'm fine with that. I'm happy that people find some sort of meaning um, to this book. I'm glad that that is what it is. That's yep. true. Like I'm not the the like I do not think like what you like is wrong or whatever. So, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. if people find value in it, go, good for them, you know? Like, people yeah. process things mm-hmm. differently. And mm-hmm. I'm happy about it. Who, who cares? Mm-hmm. I have lots more books to read. Correct. But I do think, you know, uh, this would be a great book, a gateway book for teenagers. 
you think so? I think so. I mean, they're heavy subjects, but I do agree the, with the whole idea of um, if you're going to get into sex and if you're going to go through a quote-unquote slut phase or whatever, it is important for you to know what your own boundaries are and it is important for you to know what you like and what you don't like and being able to communicate with um, those things to whoever your partner is or are. And I think that aspect I definitely agree with. Um because I have heard so many stories from friends who definitely regret whatever sexual partners they've had in the past because they just don't know how to communicate boundaries or understand their own boundaries. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, I guess from from what you say, cool, mm. okay. That's, that's something yeah. to, to think about, Nanti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think like... Anyway. <laughs> um... The conclusion for me is that I mm-hmm. do not think this book lends well to audiobooks, to an, the audiobook yeah. format. For sure. I definitely agree that now that you mentioned with the whole footnotes thing, and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound like a good audiobook. And I think maybe part of the enjoyment that's ruined for you is because it's hard for you to concentrate on going back and forth be- between here and there and then back here. Yeah. And I can see how that's not enjoyable at all. Yeah, because I think like for me, like if when I read an audio mm-hmm. or when when I listen to an audiobook, because I'm mm-hmm. not like um, still like uh, like when I'm reading a, a text. Uh, so mm-hmm. when I'm listening to an audiobook, I'm doing something else. So my mind mm-hmm. has to be kind of has a direction, and that direction should not change. Yeah, correct. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I guess I understand. Like when I clean and I'm reading podcasts. I'm able to focus on both rather than going to a fourth place because the podcast is telling me to. Yeah, exactly. So that's our book club? That's our book club for the, for September. Um, Yay. Our next book club book is a book that I have been talking about or like I've talked about before since our you first have. episode ever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it is The Sword Dancer by Jeannie mm-hmm. Lin. I love I'm this book. kind of and excited. I you like it. Okay. Because, ah, because you asked for something in this, in a similar feel, vein, whatever, yeah. of like mm-hmm. the Magnolia Sword. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Magnolia yeah. Sword by Sherry Thomas. By so Sherry Thomas. Mm-hmm. This is something similar with, where I... I don't know why I didn't think about this before. I only thought about this last night and I started reading it again because whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's swords involved. It's uh, it's kind of a little bit more fantastical, but also kind of like that that dreamy feel, I, which is what I, what I got from the Magnolia Sword. And also like mm-hmm. it's a road trip sort of thing, you know? <laughs> this it's, is exactly the same. Sure. Yeah. But um, really it's, it's adult, so, mm-hmm. you know, sex is fun. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm excited. <laughs> I am I am excited. I mean, I'm still going to be in lockdown until October, probably, Thanks. so who knows. So, Actually, I don't know when we're going to be in lockdown until. Let's hope until um, <laughs> October is the last one, honestly. I mean, we're supposed to be done next week, but I don't think that's going to happen because I'm pretty sure we're going to get out of lockdown until we get 80% vaccination. I'm vaccinated. Yay. I am not yet. We're still waiting for new, new shipments, so. though. I hope you do soon. You deserve it. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. I love you, buddy. I love you too. And uh, <laughs> good- goodbye, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Book Clubs Hater or follow our um, mother site, which we haven't updated for a very long time, at Sonket Alliance. SonketAlliance.com. <laughs> it's SonketAlliance.com. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, correct. Um, Bye.